and the other hamburger will also be made of your lungs. So long, pal. I refuse to testify on the grounds that my organs will be chopped up into a patty. Ah, the 67th Amendment. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 11, Insane in the Mainframe. It's funny how they decided to go off of a riff on a Cypress Hill song. Is it though? Or is the Cypress Hill song a riff on this? Ooh, that would mean Cypress Hill is time travelers. Well, we it's it's already known. So wait, is it? I believe it is. Yes. Hold on, just one moment. Well, welcome, I'm going to, welcome to Ben's. I'm gonna Google that corner. I'm gonna Wikipedia this because Wikipedia would know. Yeah, it definitely says that they are time travelers. And well, it's look, a well-established fact. I told you this. So so certainly that's a little wibbly wobbly timey wimey there with what's referencing what but hey good on both cypress hill and uh, the futurama writers it's true um sorry now i'm distracted just literally Uh actually reading the cypress hill anything good wikipedia page uh well they're from southgate california um which is cool i guess It's Um, it's a fact the band has also advocated for medicinal and recreational use of cannabis in the United States. Bet you didn't know that about them. I kind of feel like I did. <laughs> well, you knew they were time travelers, so. Well, that's true. I only know that specific part. Everything else is a little fuzzy for me. Okay. They're the first time traveling band. That's that's how I knew. That's the little piece of trivia I've got. Okay, so like if you're at bar trivia exactly night, we, who like, was the first time to have time traveling band uh, of course it was cypress hill and a lot of people are gonna fall for it because they're gonna be like the who doctor who got it yeah of but course. they're wrong of course they are absolutely wrong exactly see this is how i win i'm glad that this is a topic we have covered now about who the first time traveling band is. especially since the audience already knows it's a well-established fact oh clearly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, shall we talk about this episode? Sure. Insane in the mainframe. <laughs> Let's do. Um, we start with an ad uh, before the opening. Oh credits. God, I don't. I do not like the Thompsons' teeth. You don't ad. like the Thompsons' no, teeth. No, the thought of <laughs> chewing other people's teeth with your own teeth. Okay, yeah, that is kind of like painful sounding. But it is to me. It is such a visceral reaction. But you, you'd have Thompson's teeth, the only teeth strong enough to eat other teeth. But it's just so disgusting to me. Well, it's it, it's more of the market because how often are you going to eat teeth? Let's be honest. You get a lot of you get a lot of calcium, sure. Okay, but they're just describing the strength of the teeth. More likely, you're going to be chewing aluminum foil, you know, something stronger than teeth titanium perhaps 
but the ad literally shows him pulling up a big bowl of other teeth and then consuming them sure by sticking them into his mouth and chewing on them yes but what i'm saying is that that's just an advertising ploy that's that's to get you in the door you know what they say sex sells so (laughs) (laughs) you seem to have turned that on me very well well done uh yeah no i don't i do not uh, it grosses me out so shall we time. just go to the the meat of this episode the teeth of this episode let's, if you will let's do that uh we start out at planet express not watching television it's true it, dr zoidberg is celebrating his 10th year at planet express no one seems very enthused about it at all i love hermes speech that he gives because it's very clearly just word for word out of the employee handbook uh, like he, I don't believe he says like "dear person" or "dear well, he, honoree." He literally says, "Has it really been five, ten, or fifteen years? If not, please disregard this and get back to work." Which Distribute is, token of appreciation and applaud. And then he applauds, though he doesn't just say it; he also does it. Oh yeah, absolutely. The token of appreciation is a coupon for two, <laughs> two oil changes for the price of one, which Zoidberg is very appreciative. It's too bad he doesn't have uh the money for one oil change or a car i mean he's got his own ink maybe he could like well ink isn't quite oil sure but there's got to be some sort of lobster service Mm -hmm. that actually i do not like this jiffy lobster i am digging myself into an awkward hole about lobster oil changes that i don't like no let's dive into this awkward hole <laughs> now who's don't you don't, don't you don't you want to go to jiffy lobster anytime you need to refill that ink sack or get a new shell i mean where do you think he got his he was going to get a new shell they have a catalog and etc jiffy lobster it's better <laughs> than the alternative for those for those wondering why I haven't said anything in the last 10 minutes, it's because I keep staring at Mike just aghast at the it, things that are, are being said. I am going... I am banging the table about, about Zoidberg's two-for-one oil change. I, I love Team Zoidberg. I'm here for this. You love Team Zoidberg so much that you invented a chain of lobster oil change places yes hell i'll do it in real life too bring your lobster get its get its skin <laughs> molted i don't know right that's the thing they do right it's the thing zoidberg did zoidberg also gets his pension statement it is zero dollars and zero cents because he never put a single dime into it. Uh, Zoidberg is very appreciative that he's that Hermes has tracked it this whole time. And hugs him. It's at this point that Fry gets a little concerned about his own retirement plans. And uh, decides to take a look at his, his retirement fund. Which is literally just a $100 bill tucked into his sock. It's true. He seems very disappointed that it hasn't somehow transformed into more money. Because he knows how investments work. He's got about as much sense of how investments work as I do. So I, I can't even fault him for this one. I feel you at least know how, how that you shouldn't just keep money in your sock and expect it to be different money when you pull it out. Yes, I totally know that is a thing. Fry decides he needs a better retirement plan. Mm-hmm. So he opts to instead 
buy $94 worth of scratch lottery tickets. I'm pretty sure he thinks this is a sound investment. I mean, he's, he's, you don't go in, look, you don't go in buying $94 worth of scratch lottery tickets unless you are 100% sure that it is a good investment. I disagree. I mean, for Fry specifically, yes, that is correct. But it, let's say you have a family uh, tradition at uh, thing, uh, Christmas. Your family buys scratchers and puts them in, you know, the stocking or the sure that you're going in there and buying more than ninety five four dollars. But it's not an investment. It's more of a family bonding experience. Mm, all right, I'll give you this one. All right, because that's what my family does. <laughs> well, my family does too. I just I apparently have a smaller family. Uh, I think the amount of people at my Christmas uh, celebrations at my uh, my childhood home is, I think, around 10 to 11 people. It takes a long time. Regardless, <laughs> you don't do this as a retirement plan. Oh, absolutely not. I've got ETFs and 401ks and other alphabet soups. These are things I have heard of. So... Um, after the podcast, we should discuss. So after he uh, scratches his last lottery ticket, which I love that they are scratch and sniff. Mm-hmm. He he was very excited there. He he got close because it was cherry, cherry, mule. Darn it! I just I love the concept of a scratch and sniff lottery ticket lottery ticket where you have to smell it and identify like oh yeah like this is totally a cherry whoopsie got the mule i feel like the mule is pretty easily recognized it's not gonna be it's not gonna be as nice as a cherry let's put it that way no it's just it there are levels to this that like if you really sit down and think about it gets pretty insane in the mainframe oh, pretty quick so i see what you did there yes. you said the title of the episode clever so anyways he loses this last ticket and so he's out 94 bucks he's only got six dollars left in his original 100 dollars retirement fund uh they go to the big apple bank to open a retirement account apparently the 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 fees on it are ten dollars so he is now overdrawn by four dollars <laughs> I like that he he justifies this by saying you got to spend money to make money. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say if you have retirement fees that big for it, regardless, uh, that's too many fees. You should be paying less, fewer fees. Good to know. Um, this has been uh, Mike's financial corner. Finally, I get my, <laughs> I finally find the corner that suits me very well. I also like the idea that people are tuning into a, futurama comedy podcast mm-hmm. to get financial advice hey sometimes you gotta start start with the the sugar and then get the vinegar in afterwards by the last episode of this is just going to be a lengthy lecture on i don't know index funds sure i think we this this what i'm about to say is not a bit we should probably discuss a little bit ben <laughs> just to make sure uh-huh. I mean, I can continue doing financial corners. We can have a spinoff podcast. This is a bad bit. <laughs> it's not that the bit is bad. It's that I don't know how <laughs> successful such a podcast would be. 
Oh, trust me, there's a lot of money podcasts out there. That's that's a market with, you don't want to get real, into with real professionals who know money and well, right. But that's that's my my value proposition. I'm not a professional. I'm just like everybody else. But but if 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 a dunderhead like me can learn it, everybody can. You, you you've listened to the podcast before the current one that we do. You've heard it. If you, you know I'm a dunderhead. If you want Mike managing your money, please tweet Whoa. at Back to Futurama. Well, hold on. Hold on. I'm not going to manage anybody else's money. I'm just going to like lay down some facts, like index funds and Roth IRAs. If you want Mike to lay down some facts about your money, please tweet at Back to Futurama. I just realized it's very U- U.S. specific what I know. Like if I, I, And I know that there's a decent amount of people that listen to us that are not in the United States. And, and unfortunately, I don't have anything for you. I apologize. Anyways. Uh, Save for your retirement. It's important. Anyways, Fry's account is overdrawn, and meanwhile, um, behind Fry, Bender runs into an old pal of his, Roberto. This is the first time for Roberto, right? It's true. It's the first time we get uh, Roberto, and I've I've actually been kind of waiting for this because, like, you know, fidget spinners are the, are the new thing, and, like, there was this thing going around <laughs> the internet where yes. Roberto's face looks like a fidget spinner, and I've wanted to talk about it for weeks even though really the only thing I have to talk about it is to point out that it exists because it's a funny joke. I want to give you more space in your on your uh, stage, on your platform here, so you can discuss further. His face okay. looks kind of like oh? a fidget. What could it, could it, like a cube? Spinner. <gasps> what? what? Okay. Mind blown. Um, but no, I do, I do think it's... <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's very funny though that like I I never even noticed and then I saw that tweet and now I can't unsee yeah, it's hard Roberto's to, face as a fidget spinner. It's hard to unsee that. It's also hard to see fidget spinners not as Roberto. Mm-hmm, that's also true. It's a two-way street. Uh-huh. Roberto decides to rob the bank. Uh well, I mean, I suppose he probably decided that before he got there. He makes his move to rob the bank. Sure. Uh, he rubs the bank, uh, asking and receiving Bender for help carrying some money, and uh, and notices Fry has like di- dove behind a, it looks like a like a bush or a tree or something. He slashes half of the tree the tree in half, and asks him to go get the tells him to go get the door. And so on the way out, as the police are showing up, Roberto for helping him out so much hands them a big bag of cash, and then runs off. And then they just kind of hang around as the police show up and arrest them because they've got all mm-hmm. this stolen cash. Somehow I don't think Fry and Bender realized what they had been doing until the cops have tackled and arrested them. I think I think Fry didn't know. I think Bender probably didn't care. That he was about to get arrested? No, that he was stealing that he was taking stolen money. Sure, but Bender is a smarter criminal than that. He would have tried to get out and go to... But he didn't steal the money. But he'd had the money now, so he'd want to go keep it. Regardless, they get arrested. They immediately go to court uh, where we get to see... Famous original Ray's Superior Court. We get to see Judge Whitey and the Hyper Chicken again. Uh-huh. Uh, the judge has to be explained what a bank is. It's where people who haven't invested their money wisely keep their money. 
It sounds like he could use your podcast about money. Oh, trust me. The judge, he's got it covered. He, the only poor people he wants to hear about are the people that deal with his pores at the spa. One of my favorite bits in this whole episode mm-hmm. is that um, Fry is giving his testimony about what happened, and then uh, he's he's asked to point out who the robot is in the security camera footage, mm-hmm. and he's about to point out that it was Roberto, and then uh, the judge gets a phone call <laughs> on his cell phone. This is good. It's like... Oh, you say if I testify, I'll be killed? Oh, it's for you, and hands it to Fry. And then Roberto is already midway through a sentence where he's like, and the other hamburger will also be made out of your lungs. (laughs) And then to make this joke better... It's like Roberto didn't even pay attention. To make this joke better, Fry says, I refuse to testify on the grounds that my organs will be chopped up into a patty. Oh, the 67th Amendment. (laughs) Like I just love that that whole exchange. It's a mm-hmm. it's a joke that just keeps layering up it's on true. top of itself, and that sixty seventh amendment payoff so good. There's there, there's a couple of other good bits before we get Fry's testimony uh, as the hyper chicken calls on the security camera that watched the whole mm-hmm. thing, and the security camera is like, "Well, my memory is a little fuzzy, but it went exactly like this," and projected the image of Roberto handing over the money. Um, and then as soon as this happens, the hyper chicken's like, I motion to be disbarred for giving, for introducing this evidence. It's like, that's a pretty good, good idea there. Hyper it's chicken. probably the, the best thing the hyper chicken has ever done in his entire it's career. True. Well, I mean, he's also been in jail for that, that there incompetence. Um, the hyper chicken suggests that they plead insanity which they they decide to do. Um, it, the judge asks them w- what evidence he has, uh, and the hyper chicken says, "Well, they hired me, didn't they?" The judge is immediately like, "Insanity plea accepted." <laughs> uh, he rules that Bender has to go to the home for criminally insane robots, and that Fry will serve his time in the home for criminally insane humans. Uh, it's been full ever since the judge ruled that being poor is a mental illness. It's, uh, that, that one hurts a little bit. Cause like, I, yeah, I mean, it's it, all that is there for is to make everybody know the joke of judge Whitey is obscenely rich and a jerk about it. And well, so they, they wrap up both Bender and fry in like yeah. bubble wrap and tape them up and then shove them in a cardboard box and then head over heels, like keep rolling them. He's like, ow, my head, ow, my feet. And the, I, again, I just, I love the professor. Uh, The professor is like, keep your chin up. And then immediately. Ow, my chin. uh Uh-huh. Like, it's so good. Um, The, like. The court scene is very good. It's a good scene. Like, I think, I think that this episode is very full of a lot of these good, like, joke, joke, joke payoffs. Yeah. We're going to see some more of those coming up, too, and, like, yeah. So, as always, put a pin in that one. I, You know me. I like to spoil grades a bit. I like to, to tease a little bit before we go to that commercial break. What commercial break? This episode brought to you by... Thompson's Teeth. Oh, God. <laughs> I did this to me. You sure did, friend. You sure did. <laughs> okay, um... 
So at the asylum, Fry is like trying to get Bender. Oh, I would just like to point out the asylum is the HAL Institute for Criminally Insane Robots. It's a nice little 2001 Space Odyssey mm-hmm. nod. There are episodes later in the run that are a little bit more. Uh, oh, sure. Uh, but I, mean, I like it. I like those. Uh, honestly, I think most of my favorite like nerd references in Futurama are the ones that are just like random throwaway background visual gags. Sure. Because this is the world that they live in. Like in in later episode where you know you've you've got the the very specific. This is a an homage to 2001 a space odyssey like yeah i mean i i get it but that little little joke where it's like oh no there's a place called hal uh hal institute for criminally insane robots mm-hmm. that's, that's just true. the world they live in and i love those little little throwaway things where it's just like nerd reference done that's true that's a good point it's very good anyways continue with your point so back at the HAL Institute for Criminally Insane Robots, uh, Fry is just like pleading with Bender to try and help him because he's not a he's not a robot. He is a human. Then it's time for the physical. Um, the physical ends is first a uh, I called it an assembly line montage. It it is kind of an assembly line an assembly line montage. First, uh, a magnet comes and sweeps robots away. Instead, it just hits fry in the butt like seven times uh-huh like really really hard too yeah, yeah it's not it's not going in soft it it is it, it, it's not a love tap i appreciate that one more <laughs> uh so the next one is uh a drill that goes directly in the head of the robot for doesn't seem to serve much purpose. No, it's true. Like it just drills a hole in Bender's head and then moves him further on down mm-hmm. the line. Uh, Fry avoids this by basically like wrapping his mouth around the drill. He might need some Thompson's teeth after <laughs> after that ordeal. Hey, man, the fact that it worked is enough. Like, holy cow. <laughs> um, and then the the next one is being subjected to gamma rays, which uh, starts to boil the uh his stomach acid and he starts burping if that's all that happens to him after those gamma rays he should consider himself pretty lucky but remember the f rays sure so those are already gone the sperm's already gone. i was not exactly thinking about his sperm <laughs> oh you mean like becoming the hulk no i mean like that's not good for a human body but you know well there's a lot in this episode that's not good for a human body or mind Let's get into those things. So <laughs> Let's do that. It cuts to the office of Dr. Perceptron, which is a robot who has like one of those plasma ball, yeah. like novelty plasma ball things where you touch with the little rays of plasma in it. And um, I love how every line he delivers is just this really like semi-soothing, semi-robotic sort of... It's It's very detached. Uh-huh. The, the, um, hmm, who played Dr. Perceptron? Welcome back to Ben Google's That Corner. Well, I gotta, I'm, I'm really curious because I was about to be like, oh yeah, the voice actor who did that did a very good job, but I don't actually know who that is. That's fair. To the Infosphere. Oh, Maurice LaMarche. That makes sense. Yeah, he's very good. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, he does a great job as as Doctor Perceptron, like a very very good delivery. It's true. Uh, he is uh, not swayed by Fry's pleas of being human. That's all I've got. Oh well, yeah, Fry delivers uh, some lines about how like he complains a lot, and that's why how you can tell he's a human. Or my favorite one, which is, I do other human things. I age, and he like points at himself, waits a beat, points at himself again, and is like, "See, <laughs> that is good." And then Nurse Ratchet comes in, which is a reference to that one movie whose name I always forget. Is it One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? That would be the one. Hey, so I think we've established we've neither of us have seen that movie. In, yes, and in, in, like literally in a previous episode, like last episode i think or maybe two episodes ago who knows at this point um they all blur together in some kind of weird terrible podcast uh meatloaf but in this specific instance she is shown so named because she throws a straight jacket out of her own compartment and then like ratchets it in with her arm which yeah it's a it's a very clever reference yeah it's it's also a neat visual there there's a lot going on in this episode there's a lot of neat visuals going on and it's gonna be tough to describe them all fry gets sent to his uh new room and he meets his new roommate malfunctioning eddie uh he is he says nice to meet you and fry's like actually we've met before and malfunctioning eddie explodes right because he's he's got some explosion problems when he gets excited Mm -hmm. well he is malfunctioning in eddie so Mm -hmm. you know in the cafeteria the lunchroom um fry and bender are kind of talking and fry's like i'm a human i need to get out of here and uh, a robot comes over uh named unit 2013 and believes that he's a a human saying that they don't believe that unit 2013 is a human too and then uh 2013 starts introducing him to all the other uh robots that are in there including one that uh picks up cia cafeteria announcements on his teeth antenna uh-huh which uh sounds like he needs some thompson's teeth it sure does <laughs> oh god i'm just gonna keep bringing that up and hate myself every time you, that's my favorite part you are the one that hates it you don't like it and yet you're the one bringing it up it's amazing it's in to my me. head now it, it haunts my nightmares it haunts your nightmares well sorry sorry ben uh, later tonight ben as you fall asleep and you think well, it's going to be nice to... Thompson's teeth. Anyways, I don't have anything else written down about... Okay, the, uh, so the second robot is a, uh, a an animatronic Lincoln uh, who has split personalities. All of them are Lincoln. And he says, I was born in 200 log cabins. The third is Frankie, who who's so insane he thinks he works in the lunchroom. So they put him to work in the lunchroom. I do like how he's like, hey, Frankie, how's it working in the lunchroom? It's all right. Poor Frankie. Yeah. So Fry is having a difficult time, as one might expect. Um, He is upset because his roommate exploded. And also, he's been given a tray of oil to consume as Mm -hmm. his only form of sustenance. And then it cuts over to a Mad Hatter robot who spills his tea and says, everyone change places. And Bender, meanwhile, is like, I don't know what your problem is. This place is great. There's two Lincolns for every Napoleon. Uh, He says a couple of other things that I don't Mm -hmm. remember off the top of my head. But Bender is actually enjoying himself. Oh, sure. Uh, And then in another one of my 
favorite lines uh, when Fry is explaining how this place is so miserable. Uh, he mentions that he doesn't like having discs crammed into him unless they're Oreos and then only in the mouth. I mean, it's not a, it's not wrong. <laughs> I just, the line I think is we so can good. All ag- I think we can all agree with that sentiment. What other discs would you like in other places? I'm going to stick to Oreos in the mouth. Are there any other disc-shaped foods? I guess cookies are... Uh, cookies but are I mean, pretty it, disc-shaped. Oreo mm-hmm. is a subset of cookie to me. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Like Ritz crackers. They're okay. round. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's disc-like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Funnel cakes? This kind of. I wouldn't ever want to use a disc that looks like a funnel cake. But I would love to eat a funnel cake that looks like a disc. Think on that one, listeners. Deep thoughts with Mike. <laughs> Deep thoughts with Mike about funnel cakes. Later on, Fry is in his room, cell, what mm-hmm. have you, and uh, he's having trouble sleeping, and the door opens, and they say, good news, you're being released. And Fry gets all super excited but they're not releasing Fry. They're mm-hmm. releasing Malfunctioning Eddie. He's a little surprised about it, and a little part of his shoulder explodes. And it's like, look, I barely exploded. We can control that with medication. <laughs> I do want to point out that before before Malfunction and Eddie is released, uh, uh, there's visitor hours. And uh, Oh, yeah. At, I, I forgot about that. I didn't write down anything from that scene. Uh, as the professor is leaving, he's like, I, I too once spent a hellish time in a robot asylum. But thankfully, it's coming to an end. Good luck. <laughs> and walks out. Uh, so they, so Fry gets a new roommate. And it turns out to be Roberto. I am shocked. Not that shocked. He was arrested robbing the same bank. Because the first time was just to case the joint and rob it a little. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he's... <laughs> he then decides to <laughs> practice his stabbing. <laughs> and just starts stabbing and fry is like trying to get out of the way by any means necessary no i'm i'm not crazy about roberto as a character sure but i love his little ha-ha that he does <laughs> you sure do where i you know me i make oh, I that know. sound mm-hmm. all the time where i'm just like ha-ha uh listener uh ben is not joking here he makes that su- <laughs> he makes that noise a surprising amount. <laughs> Way more than an adult male should. Probably, yes. Um, uh, Bender is, uh, you know, bangs on the wall and tells him to be quiet because he's trying to tune his banjo. And then you can hear a banjo being tuned in the other room. I should set my text message alert to Roberto going, ha ha! I don't know if that's the right decision. I'm make. sure you all would love that I, when we're all hanging I, out. I, I, if If I can be a dissenting view... I don't want you to do this whatsoever. <laughs> I I implore you to rethink. Okay, then instead, every time I get a text message, I myself will go, ha ha! Marginally better. Okay, perfect. <laughs> After the commercial break, it cuts to the office of Dr. Perceptron, where they are. Uh, the Planet Express crew is there, and they are being told that, yes... Fry is cured. And he comes in and he thinks he's a robot. And yeah, like the rest of the episode, Fry just talks in this sort of monotone sort of way of talking. Mm-hmm. 
Except like he always starts sentences a little different. So like he gets a little excited and now he's up here and later he's down here. Right. Um, uh, at the end of this scene, uh, Bender is w- in a wheelchair being wheeled by and he's pl- singing a song about Waterloo on the banjo. And then he- <laughs> Bonjour, y'all. It's very it's like this southern Napoleon, which is just it tickles me so very much. They take Fry back to Planet Express, and they are trying really hard to convince him that he is not a robot. Uh, and he's like, well, of course I'm a robot. Why would human women refuse to date me? Oh, so many reasons. And then he, he, tells-, tells, he tells everybody <laughs> to, quote, terminate noise exchange. It is time for you to ingest sandwiches <laughs> from my compartment. And then pulls out two sandwiches from his pants. <laughs> from the front of his pants uh-huh it's it's hilarious and everyone everyone surprisingly is like i don't want it no oh. like recoils away from this hard hard to argue that either bender is still back at the hal institute for criminally insane robots he he is adjusting the frequency on the antennae in uh, the cia robot's mouth to get a uh, a horse race call which his his horse, Lasty, is surprisingly in last. I also like that there's a horse named Daddy's Little Grandpa. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's terrific. Roberto comes up and he's got like a, a hover stretcher. Yeah, like a gurney. Yeah. And he's like, Bender, lie down on this. And Bender's like, okay. Well, lay down on this and play dead. So he closes his, his metal uh-huh. like eye covering. And then uh, Roberto's like, I just need to get his disguise. He goes over and I assume just straight up kills the doctor because like mm-hmm. he comes back with the metal uh, chest like piece, yeah. piece from the doctor and then also the the ball that is the top of his head. Yeah, he the, the doctor is dead. I, I assume as much. And then uh, he puts that on and then just starts wheeling hover wheeling hover hover wheeling wheeling is a verb that doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. in a world full of uh hover pushing sure let's go with that pushing the gurney he's pushing the gurney through all these walls and uh just like breaking down wall after wall after wall it doesn't seem like it's breaking a sweat at all well he's also a robot so and bender's like hey uh what are we doing like i had to get a disguise because i'm thinking about uh escaping now are you in or do I have to stab you for being a snitch? And Bender's like, I'm in, I'm in. When are you thinking about escaping? Oh, about two seconds ago. And it cuts, cuts, it pulls back and they're completely outside of the facility and you can hear the alarm horns blaring and Bender's they're like... easily like a quarter mile away yeah, at this point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good distance. And Bender's like, well, let's keep escaping. And they run off. Um, they r- go running through a field, but not... <laughs> they they attempt they they oh man i can't even they get to a cliff and they see a boat and they jump and crash through the boat and then they also go into a barn uh later on uh they go into a barn they get in a plane and it does a loop-de-loop and crashes into the barn and you see them running away uh-huh it, they've destroyed three things <laughs> the plane the barn and the boat and the doctor well yes four things Back at Planet Express, uh, Fry is trying to figure out exactly what his primary function is. 
He walks up to, well, first of all, I want to point out that Hermes is using an adding machine and he says, carry the one and hits a button that says, carry the one, <laughs> which it's, it's a terrific sight gag. It, uh, it tickles me so much because like, it's so good. You don't need to, <laughs> you don't need, you don't need to carry the one on an adding machine. Yeah. That's an, why you have an adding machine. It's but anyway, it's wonderful. Uh, Fry comes up and he grabs it and throws it into the incinerator that's right there on the wall in Hermes's office. Hey, that's my anniversary present from La Barbara. And Fry is like, I shall assist ye. Robots don't say ye. And robots don't say ye is <laughs> one of those things where, I mean, it doesn't come up often because not most people don't say ye, but like when people are trying to be funny and like, be all i'm speaking old timey english yeah uh and they say ye i'll be like robots don't say ye (laughs) you this one is certainly the the least uh likely one to come up in conversation unless somebody's like hey yay hey yay that right because i i spend literally every conversation of my life waiting for somebody to say ye Mm -hmm. because i'm like do it so i can say i can say robots don't say i can say robots don't say robots don't say ye and then i get like super excited and then balloons fall from the ceiling and, and it's a just... banner unfurls and it says robots don't say ye well that's the subtitle it says accomplished <laughs> accomplished and then he follows that up immediately by what is the meaning of this symbol and then that's a plus sign yeah so he's not exactly a very good um calculator bot uh-huh not surprising and then later on leela's trying to fix <laughs> something up on the the ship and she's trying to um use a wrench uh-huh and fry comes up grabs the wrench throws it into this incinerator again <laughs> very good aim i will say <laughs> he he nailed it um also why do you need that many access points to an incinerator well you, i mean the professor fair okay like it's funny, but yes, because that's a lot. But for the pr- professor, that might not be enough. That's true. Uh, and then Fry declares that he is a toolbot, and then uh, tries to with his like hand and I think with his teeth, yeah. like he tries to to screw this in, and um, it's not working. So he takes a little pie in one oil. <laughs> yes, um, and oils himself up a little bit and then puts the oil in his uh, jacket pocket and then tries again and Leela's like look I'm gonna show you that you're a human the way that only a woman can and then just starts making out with him just all all over that no just on the mouth I guess just on the mouth mm-hmm. uh, Fry exits said make out and beeps uh-huh like that smile slowly creeps across his face and Leela even looks very impressed with herself that she managed mm-hmm. to solve this problem and he's like beep <laughs> it's 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 a it's a reaction that uh will not go over well if you attempt it but the the risk is high the reward is zero the reward is you made a Futurama reference <laughs> after making out with somebody you care about very much. So on a scale of one to ten, I'm going to give this a solid three of you probably shouldn't do this. 
Well, I think it depends on the scale. It depends on the person you're making out with, That's too. That's true. Like, if you're making out with Ben, let's just say in this <laughs> this uh, hypothetical, I say you go for it. Because at that point, it's a 10 or a 1, depending on which whichever the scale is a good one to do. 10 is the good one. The, uh, then, then if you're making out with Ben, uh, 10, do the beep. If you're making out with Ben... Beeping is a ten. Oh man, I'm, that's that is something I hadn't. That, what? Well, yep. Uh huh. I, I I'm gonna start. Wow. I I think I have a new motto and mantra in my life. I I already feel like I'm getting some enlightenment from that. Just hearing that, I think it's it's changed my life. Just hearing that sentence. Bender and Roberto go to the bank. They sure do. Roberto says that he wants to get Bender a little something for helping him escape. So he walks in and says, I'm robbing this bank again. Yeah, for the third time. And Bender's like, wow, robbing the same place three times in a row? Like, Bender's strangely impressed with this for some reason. Um, Roberto asks the teller for the remaining cash, all the calendars, and the pen on the desk and make sure to tear it so that most of the beads are on his side. It's a very specific request. Well, there's not a whole lot left in this bank to steal. Then why go back to the bank? The man has an MO and he, it's robbing this one very specific <laughs> bank and going, ha ha. <laughs> he is in New New York, one of the biggest cities in the, in the, probably the universe. And yet, and yet he wants to go s- steal from this one big Apple bank branch. So, this time, though, everybody is prepared for this. Uh, Schmidt and Earl pop up from behind the the uh, desk while the teller mm-hmm. crowd, uh, ducks down behind the, the uh, desk. And they're like, all right, don't try anything funny. This window is laser proof. Uh, he immediately stabs his knife through it, and which causes Earl and Schmidt to start firing. It's like, what? And then they just bounce back and they're like, watch out, lasers. Uh, so yeah, he just rips off the, the glass and uses it as a shield for his escape. And then Bender says, there's a place I like to go hide out after crimes. Turns out it's Planet Express. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they show up at Planet Express and everybody's happy to meet Roberto until the cops come up and they're all hostages. It's important to note that at this point, Fry is passed out drunk because he thinks he's a robot and has consumed many, many, many beers to fuel his power cells. He is impossibly drunk. He knocks over the couch and falls asleep on it. So, yes, that is something we did not mention. But it is important. It is important. So he ties up the... Uh, Roberto ties up the hostages, uh, the planet, the remaining Planet Express crew, and uh, basically threatens them if you uh, by asking them to guess a number, and if you get it right, I'll kill you first. So, well, he, he specifies a number between 1 and 10. Oh, that's correct. And then so Bender's like, uh, 56-ish. 56? Yeah, Roberto has this whole, like, freak out about 56, and now 56 is all he can think about. Yet again, it's ruined. this has ruined the number 56 for me. Because yes, same. every time I see 56, I'm like, 56? 56? <laughs> that's all I can think about! <laughs> you no good In, in my head, I don't... I don't shout that out loud because that would be very weird. 
I think that might get you uh, put in the Hal Institute. It very well could. He's he's freaking out and he's like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to have to kill somebody. And like things are getting really bad. Yeah. And Fry wakes up at this point from his drunken stupor. And he decides that his pri- he's found his primary function, which is a battle droid. He comes at Roberto, who stabs him uh, through the oil can that he's put in his jacket pocket, not harming Fry at all, and convincing R- Roberto that he really is a robot. Mm-hmm. Because no knife can penetrate my skintanium armor, which is a thing I only bring up because, uh, and I'll make this anecdote quick, uh, I was playing in a tabletop game that was like a like build your own character point by thing sure and i was a cyborg and i uh got armor and i named it skintanium armor because i can't not make futurama references especially if you're a cyborg that just makes sense i just like pointing out that i can't turn this off so it's true he cannot Ha <laughs> sometimes oh. we wish we he would though <laughs> um this, th- to be honest, this is probably the best way to get this out into the world. Oh, no, it's true. Because mm-hmm. it's it's all themed no, actu- around Futurama. Actually, this makes things worse because then my girlfriend <laughs> listens to this podcast mm-hmm. and she had never seen Futurama before. Uh-huh. And so now I can suddenly make Futurama references to a new person that I spend quite a lot of time with. It's true. And so it actually only makes things worse. Uh, Sarah, I just want to apologize now. Uh, if he does beep after making out with you, uh, I uh, I don't think I had anything to do with it, but I still apologize. Uh, so after stabbing Fry, and Fry doesn't seem damaged in the least bit. No, um, it other seems than like a, it just... a little oil on the knife, but otherwise Fry is just unstoppable. Uh, Roberto starts freaking out and has weird flashbacks about his mom his mom welding him to the wall and Roberto in a panic throws a knife at Fry, which sort of nicks him on the arm. Mm-hmm. And then Roberto jumps out of the window. At which point Earl and Schmitty say, well, we're willing to listen to your demands. Uh, having saved the day, Fry starts untying everybody and then notices the little bit of blood coming out from the, uh, the cut in his arm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, blood. Am I a human? And then, like, suddenly everything makes total sense to him. Uh-huh. And he certainly doesn't have any lasting mental health issues whatsoever from this. Nope. He's totally fine now. And then Bender's like, but, you know, you may be a human, um, but uh, I don't remember the exact it's line. It's like beneath that fleshy exterior. Beats the, heart of, the cold heart of a robot. Just like inside me is the heart of a human. And he opens up his compartment, pulls out a human heart, and everybody is very grossed out. And Bender seems a little confused as to why everybody's grossed out about this. He he uh, he just says, what? What? And that is where the episode ends, which means it is time for... Grades. This episode's a lot of fun. Um, there's, there's... It's a very dense densely packed joke episode and a lot of the jokes do build up on themselves repeat like a lot of futurama jokes sort of span episodes like you know they they say in one episode axe is how you actually pronounce ass Mm -hmm. and then through the rest of the series they pronounce it axe everything in here is a very self-contained episode where there's just so many jokes that 
do that, but all within the span of one episode. Sure. And I really, really do enjoy it. The plot itself, I don't really care as much about. It's not that interesting, but it's a it's a means to an end, and that end is just a whole lot of jokes. A lot of ones that I really like making references to on the day-to-day, as I think I've pointed out like three things in this episode that I do that mm-hmm. with. And yeah, I mean, the, the lack of a com- truly compelling plot, uh, I'll knock it down a bit but i'm gonna give it a solid b plus mm-hmm. um i think it's a really fun episode and i do always like when it comes around on that rewatch so there you go sure um i i think this episode uh it, it's it it you're right it is dense packed with jokes throughout uh you know you've got the jokes of you know bender being in the loving the insane asylum you've got the court sequence you've got all that other stuff um, it does to me. I'm not a huge fan of Roberto, so I think that having him be kind of a not really a a centerpiece, but the catalyst for pretty much all of the action throughout any of the plot, um, kind of dings it for me personally because I'm not. I just I, I I'm just not a fan of him. Um, sure, I get they, it. They they kind of uh, hint at some depth, but they never really. He's very one note to me. Um. So I, I I don't know if I can. It's it. You're right. It is very funny. Uh, the plot is kind of threadbare. The and it's a, a lot of it is due to Roberto's actions. Uh, I think I'll give it a B minus. Okay, um, I think that's pretty fair as well. And if any of you listening have any thoughts about this episode, any of the other episodes we discuss, or if you just want to. Talk to us about Futurama. Tell us what weird Futurama thing you said as your text message alert. Why not? Why not? Or give us breaking Futurama news that we saw this this couple. Oh of weeks. yeah, we yeah. didn't even mention that. Not even um, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the Nerdist is going to do uh, an episode of Futurama as a podcast, um, and I didn't actually look at any of the details on it. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. It's got you know the original cast. And it's it sounds like a lot of fun. So, um, you know, if, if you haven't heard about that, um, unfortunately, we don't have that many details about it. Because I, I, th- we're I think there are bad some, at what we do. Well, I think there are some articles on it, and I think we've we've actually put it on our Twitter page. Yeah, we've I've retweeted it from the Twitter <laughs> page. Um, so if you follow us on Twitter, you've probably heard about it. And uh, if you're not following us on Twitter yet, tell us where we can do that at Back to Futurama. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash back to Futurama. And also the email, which we skipped over. Uh, you can email us at back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. And as always, we're on iTunes slash Apple podcasts. I believe it's just Apple podcasts now, but who knows? Who knows? Um, we are there. Uh, please re- rate, review and subscribe and tell your friends. Let's all talk about Futurama together. Ha <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, but this podcast is over. I've I've killed it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, no, and until <laughs> next time, I'm Ben and I'm Mike. Goodbye, Goodbye from, from the world, world of tomorrow. tomorrow.